Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. Normally you would see Jeff's smiling face here, or Stevens, but today you are stuck with me, Aaron, as your Doom Master. And this will be session one of our Hyborian Tales. If you've caught session zero, you saw our character creation. Um, if you haven't caught it yet, go back and check it out on YouTube. It's a lot of fun. Um, tonight we are going to jump into the adventure, but before then I'm going to let everybody tell... Uh, Tell us who's playing tonight. We're going to do character uh, uh, introductions actually during play, though. So let's kick it off with Ashley. Uh, I am playing Aurelia, and she's a Bostonian hunter. Um, yeah. And Steven. Hello, everyone. I'm Steven, and I will be, be playing Sobek Keeper, a Stygian priest of Set. Nice. That can't go wrong. And Jeff. Yeah, I'm Jeff. I'm playing Zamer Azad, who is a Zamorian or yeah, Zamorian assassin and local for where we're starting tonight. So yeah. Long, how about you? I am long. I'm playing a noble warrior by the name Sir Drusus Jildan, and I'm in the neighboring city. Corinthia is my homeland. Fantastic. And Melissa. Uh, so I am playing Roya Nadi. Uh, she is uh, from Quran, and she is a shaman. Fantastic. So that's our party. Um, before we jump into it, I want to start with, uh, with a, a little quote from Robert E. Howard's The Tower of the Elephant. It kind of sets the tone for uh, Zamora the Accursed, the city that we're going to be starting our adventure in. Orchards flared murkily on the revels in the mall where the thieves of the East held carnival by night. In the mall, they could carouse and roar as they liked, for honest people shunned the quarters, and watchmen, well paid with stained coins, did not interfere with their sport. Along the crooked, unpaved streets with their heaps of refuse and sloppy puddles, drunken roisters staggered, roaring. Steel glinted in the shadows where wolf preyed upon wolf, and from the darkness rose the shrill laughter of women and the sounds of scufflings and strugglings. Torchlight licked luridly from broken windows and wine-thrown doors, and out of those doors stale smells of wine and rank sweaty bodies, clamor of drinking jacks, fists hammered on rough tables, snatches of obscene songs rushed like a blow in the face. That is the city of Zamora, the city of thieves and sorcerers, and that is where our adventurers will begin their evening. Now, for those of you who are fans of Conan, Adventures in the Age Undreamed of, and Modiphius's 2D20 system, we're going to kind of put things on ahead tonight, and we're going to start with the carousing event. I know they haven't had an adventure yet, but we're going to start with a carousing event as an opportunity for the players to introduce themselves in character so you can get to know who they are, what they look like, and how they react to adverse situations. So that is where we're going to pick up. Somewhere in the streets of Zamora, we are going to find a couple of groups of our adventurers. They've split up into two groups while they've been carousing about the cities for the last few weeks after their last job. So, Ashley, why don't you tell us who is carousing with you this evening? Who wanted to adopt me again? 
I was the lone wolf for a while there. Uh, Zamir and Roya are going to hang out with you. So what, so what I need Aurelia, uh, Roya, and Zamir each to do is roll 1d20. And we're going to add the two lowest results and see what kind of carousing event we find ourselves in. Well, Roya got a 19, so I'm going to guess that that's not one of the lowest. Okay, I got a 15, 15 and a 19. And a 12. And a 12. So 15 and 12. So that's a 27. You find yourselves walking along the dusty, hot evening streets. Uh, you're, you're down, you're in the market district. Most of the shops have closed up for the evening, but a few are still out there hawking their wares. Uh, tarps are, are over the street to help block out the day sun, but the night, the night is beginning to, send, to descend when you see in the near distance the telltales of crackling flames and firelight as the heat continues to grow. You hear screams and begs for help. A fire has broken out in front of you. What do you do? So, Roya... Or were you responsible for it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that may be yet to be determined. Uh, so, Roya... Uh, I'll kind of go first. Uh, so, Roya is tall. She is in her... Um, she's middle-aged. Um, she has this very kind of full mane of curly black hair. Um, very, you know, kind of 80s, imagine kind of 80s permed mane of hair. Um, she has, you know, kind of wrapped um, kind of sleeves and a top and a skirt. Um, and you always see her kind of overly reliant and walking with her staff. Um, so those that know her know she doesn't actually need to use this staff, but as she is moving around, she always appears to rely heavily on the staff. And so as she kind of sees that there's this fire breaking out, she is going to be kind of using the staff to be kind of trying to, you know, kind of tamp out pieces, trying to separate pieces of canvas that are on fire from other pieces that aren't on fire. And so that's how she's going to be kind of, uh, interacting with this uh, blaze that's starting up. All right. So as you all see, uh, Roya began to try to pull canvas away with her staff and, and, and keep the fire from expanding. Zamir, what do you find yourself doing? So Zamir, who is extremely attractive, uh, he is, his face is, is chiseled, this kind of golden kind of tan sort of brown. His, uh, he's got a very nicely cropped beard. Uh, he's got short hair with kind of like this uh, this big old, almost like a pompadour in a way, uh, how big the uh, the hair comes up at one point. He is dressed, uh, you know, uh, without a lot of clothes. Uh, he he wears leather harnesses around his uh, around his chest and sort of strapping down his legs. And he has this small coat that just covers his shoulders and like the, the top parts of his back where he's kind of hides these scars that he doesn't want people to see. Uh, and so he, uh, as he's wandering through, he, he's, he's an assassin, sure, but he has, he has a code. Uh, he, he doesn't want 
he doesn't look for people to be harmed unnecessarily. And so at the sounds of uh, at the sounds of people screaming for help, uh, he will uh, he will see with his you know, he's a fairly acrobatic man. Uh, so I will see if you know, I'll kind of run in the direction of the fire and see if I can find some a hand to help, you know, someone to pull out, someone to pull up, that kind of thing. Aurelia, you see your two friends, Roya beginning to try to separate Canvas away from the fire to keep it from spreading, and then you see Zamir dart past you towards the fire. What do you do? Uh, Aurelia locates some sort of like water source to help kind of splash stuff out and prevent it from keep it contained. Um, and as she does so, you notice that she's rather... Uh, Kind of a shorter woman, lithe, lithe. Uh, she's got long um, brown hair that's either braided, but right now it's loose. And she's got like a leather band that she likes to wear to keep her bangs out of her face. Um, and she's very stoic and practical. So as she's going to get this done, it's not, she's rushing, but it's there's not a lot of concern on her face. She's just here to help out and, and get stuff done. I like it. So we'll start with Zamir, who has darted forward into the into this uh, smoke-filled corridor. This alley is bunching closer and closer, um, and as you're you're moving through it, the smoke is beginning to fill the alleyway, and you can see where the fire started in this two-story tenement. And you can see out the upper window, there's a woman dangling her child out the window. What would you like to do? I think Zamer is, he is extremely lithe and he has, you know, he can parkour basically, uh, like his, his acrobatic skill are, are something fierce. So I think he'll try to look for handholds and footholds and just kind of try to dart up to be able to sort of grab the child. Okay. So the way uh, the way these buildings are built, particularly in this quarter, you know, you're you're a child of Zamora. You're used to using the roofs as as walkways. So you see easily spot even through the smoke handholds. However, the smoke is beginning to fill your lungs. You're starting to feel that pressure, the heart, the difficulty in breathing. Go ahead and give me an acrobatics check. Just okay. difficulty one to get up to the window. All right, here we go. Now, First roll. Currently, currently sitting on zero momentum, so you could always give me some doom if you want to buy extra dice. It's, it's up to I you. just need one success, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it ride. I'm gonna go for I it. I like it. I like it. Oh boy. So, Ooh. well, on the one hand, uh, positive, got a crit, you know, critical success, essentially two successes. But on the other hand, got a complication. <laughs> with so what cap. happens is we see. Zamir, it's almost like he's running up the side of the wall. He is so adept at this, and he actually grabs a hold of the child, but the child is so shocked by this, he throws himself back, and Zamir finds himself in air, falling towards the ground. What do you do? I think if I'm fall, okay, hmm. So how if i'm falling how close am i to the wall when i fall you're you're pretty close you're pretty okay. close i want to see if i can contort and maybe take one of my many daggers that i hide in places that people don't ask and see if i can kind of jam it into a side of the wall here into the stone or into the into the whatever building materials there is see if i can try to kind of create my own anchor 
I like it. So that's a little bit of strength. That's a little bit of acrobatics. So I'm going to say uh, either athletics or melee. It's either depending on how good your knife skills are or how strong your body is to handle this load as you sink this dagger into this wall. Okay. So normally I have a like normally I'm allowed to replace my replace my melee attacks with stealth. Uh, would you want me to do that here or do you want me to just roll melee? You know, that's a, that's one of your talents. You could go ahead and do that here. Yes. Okay. I won't take that away from you. Okay. So with with a absolute deafness because he didn't have any showing and so maybe it's under his his jacket or maybe it's hidden kind of this tiny little dagger into one of the harnesses but he'll just very quickly spin in the air reach in grab it and slam it into the wall and so let me see how i do uh two successes that's the thing of beauty and that's exactly what happens is you're falling you're you're only you've only fallen about five feet as as anybody on the on the ground would see, Zamir almost pirouette in midair. Just his arm slams out, and this dagger just sinks into the wall, and it pulls down through the through the the rock and concrete. And you land on the feet with this child in your arms, and he's safe. But you still see, up in that window, his mother screaming for her life. But we're gonna slide back over to Roya and Aurelia. Aurelia, you're looking for a well. Smoke is beginning to billow out of this uh, out out of this uh, alleyway. You see, other people are starting to mill around, confused. What do you want to do? Uh, she will call out to everyone and try and get like a daisy chain going, of of hopefully from like a water source or whatever, and just try and put this fire out. I like it. So that sounds like a persuade check to me, but it's difficult. It's smoky. These people are more interested in watching the fire than helping. So uh -huh. that's a difficulty to persuade check. Okay. My persuade's my worst. <laughs> so now I will say, as I as I told Jeff, you guys don't have any momentum. Well, you got two momentum. You should have them two now. Yeah, yep. two now. You got two momentum now. So you can use that to add two D20s to your rolls. So you would get a total of four D20s to that roll. And if you wanted a fifth D, because in, in Conan, unlike the later editions of uh -huh. the 2D20 system, it's a one-for-one one buy for momentum. Um, you'll see them later, like in Octoon Cthulhu, it's it's a, it's a it's a scaled system, but here it's one for one. So you could spend two momentum and get four dice, and you could spend two momentum and give me one doom and get five d twenty, which is the maximum you can roll. I'll stick. I'm gonna spend the momentum. I like it. Which you is got good. One I success, did, but so I still failed. You're close. Like, it was very close. So a couple of people. This is a, kind of a, a fail-forward situation. So instead of the whole crowd coming over to help, a couple a couple wind over and they start helping you and they point you where the well is and they start. But putting out the fire is going to take longer than it would okay. have as if you, rather than you get in the full success. But then we see out of the corner of the eye as you're starting that bucket brigade, you see uh, Roya. She's working her way, pulling off tarp and everything. So, Roya, how are you approaching this fire? So, Roya, um, I want to make sure I understood. It's the the start of the fire seemed to be from that apartment. 
It seems to be from that as you're as you're pulling canvas down, you're looking around the corner where Zamir ran. You can see the building that's on fire. It looks to be just that one one building. It looks like it might have had a restaurant probably in the lower floor, so it might have been a fire caused by that. But you can see the flames licking up into the second floor, uh, and you just saw Zamir land on the ground with a child. Uh, so Roy is going to run into the burning building to get the uh, woman that was uh, out the window. I love it. Okay, so you're running into a smoke-filled building. Um, so you can go one of two ways with this. Either an observation check, difficulty three, to find your way through the smoke, up the stairs to this woman, um, or, or... <laughs> or you can go with a... Um, you can go with an acrobatics check just basically bouncing your way through this building off walls and everything until you find your way through. But the consequences of the athletics check are if you fail, you're going to take some damage. Because you're not trying to find a safe way through the building. You're just trying to get through the building. <laughs> well, you know, um, looking at a target number six for observation, target number eight for agility and nothing to help That's me in either one. <laughs> I'm you sorry, can give, I also had a six. Well, you can you can you can give me three doom and get three <laughs> extra dice. It's there's nothing wrong with that. Do it. All right. Let's do that. Because I want to go acrobatics. All right, I like it. So when you pull that up, does it give you an opportunity to spend doom? Or does it just give you an opportunity to spend yes. momentum? Okay. So, okay, so then I'll be rolling uh, five dice, and let's see uh, what happens with that roll. That is one success. Okay, with your agility, you do it. You bounce off the walls. You manage to get through there. You get upstairs to this woman's apartment. She's the only one you see in there, and she's got her head hanging out the window, and she's coughing, and she's only semi-conscious. You can tell that she's inhaled a lot of smoke, you're starting to feel the smoke fill your lungs. You know you only have a few seconds to make a decision about what you need to do. Zamir, um, you saw Roya run in the building. Roya, what do you do with this woman? So personality is theoretically the thing that I am better at. So I am trying to uh, either counsel or persuade her to come with me. So you want to you want to talk her into coming out of the building with you down back yes. down the stairs? Yes, I like I it. So that's persuade, uh, and I uh, I'm going to say that's a difficulty of two because she's she's terrified, but you you still can pull it off. You can always give me more doom if you want more <laughs> dice. I feel like I just want to keep giving you doom because that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I need it. I'm going to give you one. All right. So then I'm rolling three dice. The fire's starting to lick up around the floors. The smoke's filling the room. And you're begging this woman to leave with you. Wow. That that's was good. That's all good. over the place. Uh, three so successes. Three successes, and two and momentum, and a complication. Okay, so um, you convince her, and she starts to move into the hallway with you when a burst of fire comes up. I need you to make an acrobatics check to avoid taking damage. I don't want to do that. 
Um, so I, I will say to her, um, basically, today is not the day that you die. It may be a day soon. It is not today. I will say this. Your other option is push her in front of you, and then you don't take any damage, but she's going to probably die. No, no. Okay. No, that's not. Um, so now. <laughs> this is all about figuring out who our characters are. So, you know, I had to give you the option. Yeah. Um, okay. So we we got momentum from my role, right? Uh, yes, you did. You got two momentum for your role. Okay, so I can use that, right? You absolutely can. Okay. So I will use two momentum on this roll, which... Now, has... I will... Oh. No, you're good. You're good. That was... That's rough. That's rough. So, so zero success. What did the momentum do? What did the adding of the momentum do? It gives you an extra die, so it, it didn't, didn't didn't look like it gave you an extra die. So roll one more dice. Roll okay, one so, so uh, two, rolls. two momentum gave me one extra die? Yeah, it gives you two extra die. Oh, well, yeah, it didn't. I, I so, clicked yes, the roll. button, and it didn't do... So roll... You might have to actually hit the dice down at the bottom. I don't know, but go ahead and just roll two more do, two d20s, um, and we'll see what you get. There's two different places to add momentum, and I added right. it into the wrong place. That was no worse. Okay, so Remember, this is session one. Everybody who's watching this, we're learning. We're learning foundry. Okay, <laughs> oh so I have rolled four zero d20s. successions, no zero successes. successes, and an additional complication. So <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna roll we're gonna roll some damage here. Okay, so you take. Oh my gosh! No, you don't take nine damage. That's oh. that's not the way damage dice work here. You look oh. at the actual rolls though. So you took three points of stress off of your vigor, and well, four points. Sorry, off your vigor, and you're on fire. <laughs> so you rolled one effect. So for one additional round, you're on fire. Um. So at the top of the next turn. You're gonna roll. We're gonna roll another damage dice. We're gonna see if you're still on fire. But you take four points of vigor damage as you uh, catch fire, saving this woman. But you do successfully get her out of the building, and you're on fire. Zamir, you see a flaming person come running out of the building, shepherding <laughs> this old woman, and you recognize it's your friend Roya, whose '80s hairstyle may be in jeopardy. Uh, what do you do? Zamir will uh, try to essentially tackle her to the ground and mm -hmm. kind of pat the the fire down. Like, okay, so basically, fire. while they're both rolling on the ground, Aurelia is just gonna walk up with a bucket and just dunk it on them. I love All it. this, by so the that's... way. Why I'm like cradling the baby like a football. <laughs> right. So that's what we see. We see this woman in tears as she's her life has been saved. We see Roya and Zamir and an infant rolling on the ground. And we see Aurelia dumping a pail of water over all of them. And that's where we're going to cut. We're going to cut over to Sir Drusus Jordan and to Sobek. I need you each to roll 1d20 so we can see what you guys have been getting up to during your carousing. 14. You got a 14? Three. Okay, so that's a 17. Okay, so you guys find yourselves in the mall. You're down in the mall. You're in a little tavern. You know, you're you're celebrating your successes. Sir Drusus, Jolden, and Sobek, why don't you tell us what you're talking about in this tavern? 
Yeah, it's cut to a young noble face, 22. It's got round curly hair, stubble chin, sturdy brow, piercing blue eyes. It's pretty much in heavy armor. It's got a shield on his back. And sitting at a bar table, the drink, the Sobek here. Yes, so Sobek is wearing uh, the black robes of Set. Um, he's got a black hat on, but he has linen bandages around his eyes and around his hands. And every now and then you see just a like brownish red liquid dripping out from underneath the bandages. And he's a real party pooper. Um, he's drinking water right now. Um, and whenever Drusus tries to like talk about something interesting, I bring it back to something arcane or uh, religious. Uh, are you sure you don't want to drink, Sobek? I am drinking water. Yeah, water. That's no fun. Drusus, I am not one for a tavern, but I... When we were adventuring, I, I felt... I cannot see you. Do you do you have red hair? It is close. It is a bit dark. Ah, that I thought so. I You see, Set favors those with red hair, and I felt that you might be favored by him. However, maybe you were just chosen to be the first sacrifice. Set, what do you speak of? Set, the old serpent. Nonsense. I'll not be sacrificed. Well, then you are favored by him. You are fortunate. At this, uh, Sir Jolden, do you see four uh, people approach your table? They look like they're a little bit in the cups. Um, they're wearing cloaks, um, but one stops directly in front of your table and puts his left hand down on the table. He looks over at you, belches, and looks over at Sobek. He's like, Ugh. lifts his codpiece and starts to piss on Sobek's boot. He's like, heretic, get out of the city. The serpent won't have your kind here. And Sir Joel, you can see now. Raining? You can see now that under their cloaks, they're wearing the raiments of temple guards to the temple of Set. Hey, now, should you be doing that? on my friend. He's a heretic. Is it raining? I feel a leak. No, there's a bit of a spill. Don't worry, Sobek. He just should be in the gutter or dead. The fact that he's drinking in an establishment is, is an affront to the Lord Set Serpent of Zamora. We don't bother worship anyone. Set. What you worship is no version of Set that is recognized here, heretic. Drusus, who are these men? Uh, they're not friends of us. We should leave before cause any trouble. 
That's right. Leash your reptile and drag him out of this city. His kind belong in the desert. I I do not understand. I I worship Set the same as you. I I am just here to drink some water. Tales of you have been spread far and wide. We know what you are. You don't belong here. You don't think Set's eyes are on you here. You don't think the high priestess Serenetre doesn't know you're here. Heretic. I would hope that Set's eyes are always upon me. It would be a great blessing. And Sir Jolden, you can see these four individuals that might have just been coming over here to roust Selbeck, but they're starting to get angry. What do you want to do? You see the other people in the bar are starting to pull back. You see coins starting to change hands. I'll intersperse myself between these folk and Sobek. You'll not threaten my friend, dear. No, I'm not threatening him. I was just going to help you take the trash out. Sobek, would you like to leave or stay? I do not wish any trouble. Would you please kind, kindly guide me out? And I hold out my arm. Of course. We'll bother you no further. Enjoy your evening. They make... They make a hole, and they let you walk past as they jeer at you. They're like, that's right, get out of the drinking hole. Your kind should never be allowed in here. I can't believe a knight, even a f- western knight, would have a drink with the likes of you. But they stay in the, they stay in the tavern. They do not follow you out into the night. As you feel... Uh, Feel the warm liquid start to evaporate off of your uh, off of your boots in the in this hot desert climb, and you head off into the night, diffuse having diffused the situation without violence. As you are walking away, though, a small child runs up to you and he tugs it at the at the hem of your cloak, uh, Sir Jolden. Oh, hi, little one. Can I help you? Well, I've got a message for a Sir Drusus Jolden, if if that's you. That is me. What is the message? He sticks out his hand. I think I can remember it. Hmm. Oh, you need something. Uh, well, that... reaching reach my pockets. I'll give and... me one. Okay, now, uh, gold in this game is not like a gold piece. So you like your daily spendings and things like that doesn't come out of your gold amount that comes out of your upkeep between adventures. So like small coins like this, don't, you don't actually have to subtract them from your total amount of gold. So you hand this child a couple of coppers and he says, he goes, "Mm, old one eye wants to see you in the serpent's pit. He has something for you and your friends. Thank you. I should grab the poop. And then the kid scampers off. The serpent's About, pit. It sounds like a blessed place. Well, you know that the serpent's pit is the largest tavern and brothel in the mall. And you also know that that's where your patron, or at least the person who got you your last job, Hieronymus One-Eye, holds court with several other fixers and, and guildsmen. 
About the same blessed than I remember. (laughs) True. Slightly less blessed than you probably remembered. At the same time, in a different part of town, Zamir and Roya and Aurelia, um, an old beggar approaches you. What you did for that building, that was... That was that was very generous of a bunch of young scoundrels and thieves. It did appear that the locals did not seem to spring into action as much as those of us that are here visiting. Well, of course not. There's good sport to be had in that. You, there's several people who made a fortune on both the old woman and the child living. Most bet against it. This concept of betting is amusing when betting on animals and creatures and the like, but much less tasteful when involving humans. I could bet on your outcome in this interaction, I suppose, but and she just sort of like spits off to the side. Just, oh, dearie, you're so adorable. Mm. Also, Oh, one eye wants to see you and your friends as soon as you can get to the serpent. Well, now that was actually a useful bit of information for you to be communicating with us. Well, normally I would have charged you good coin for that, but I made a fortune off of that, off your heroics. I knew you'd go in after them. No one else believed me. And you hear she picks up this bag of coins i mean it's it's got to be probably two gold pieces worth of coins and she shuffles off before before she goes zamer wants to ask uh tell me uh old woman uh what what odds was i given to rescue the child oh i'm here to tell you i i had a good idea i i've i know i've heard of your kind before i but i they didn't know I gave them five to one odds against you mm. saving the child, and a couple took me at ten to one against your neck not breaking in the fall. Ten to one? Oh, goodness. Well, they are very foolish. They must not know Zamir Hazad as well as they think. Good day oh, to no. you, woman. Uh, good day to you, too. They may not have heard of you yet, but uh, after tonight, everyone will know of you. Yes, I suppose they will. It is both good. Very bad. Indeed, they'll, they'll know that you're the crazy fool who risks his life for nobody knows. How dare you, old woman? I am no fool. Well, most would say what you did was foolish, but who am yeah. I to say I'm just an old woman? There was Ray a looks, child at risk. And Ray looks down at mother. her skirts. Hmm. That were yes. kind of singed and burned <laughs> at the kind of that comment about it not being wise, <laughs> and then sort of looks back to his mirror. It's a good point. That child will probably grow up to be a very good thief one day. Yes, and uh, the mother is uh, she is alive as well. And if she had perished, then I'm sure the Temple of Bell would have taken in the child for oh a lesson or two, a coin, such. Let's... Well, those those child gangs on the streets, many rapscallions get pulled up on them. And to be honest, since I know the landlord, he's quite. I'm quite sure that he's very happy that she is going to survive to continue to pay off her indentureship. Ah, yes. Eh, well, it sounds as though everyone won this evening. Oh, yes. 
and she hobbles off down the road, cackling to herself. Roy is going to sort of uh, elbow Aurelia um, and just sort of, you know, kind of nod Mm -hmm. her head in Zamir's direction. His reputation always precedes him. I, I sort of expected it here, but doesn't it just seem everywhere we go... He's Have always known for one thing or the another. Harness? It's distracting. <laughs> Ladies, this I am right is... here. I can hear everything you want to say. <laughs> and Aurelia just kind of like rolls her eyes. A bit. Oh, yes. There's like women a... around who are just like <laughs> staring you down and <laughs> Aurelia and Roya just kind of like roll her eyes. <laughs> I had the mind to uh, to take the coin from that old woman, but she had confidence in Samir, so... I will let her have a good evening. I'm surprised you didn't take your cut. No, 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 no. That is not how this works. No, no, no. I rescued the babe for um, other reasons, not for coin. I was not hired. There was no contract. That's that's fair. I I, I have to say, I I almost admire the speed with which those bets occurred. The fire was not burning for more than a few minutes, and somehow there is a whole line of bets ready to go see well there is very um there's only so many things one can do with in zamora the accursed in in betting is one of those and how how better will you get ahead in life have one coin suddenly bet make two i do suppose there not everyone can roam the lands as we do hmm, hmm. Well, we have a uh, an appointment, it seems. Someone has sent for us. We should not dilly-dally. We should move quickly. So as you find yourselves walking towards the mall, um, you, you actually run into uh, Sir Jolden and Sobek near the entrance to the mall where they were just stumbling out of a, uh, out of a tavern. Um, Sobek's boot dripping. Um, but as you make your way deeper into the mall, you notice that it's it's the alleyways are dark, even darker than night, because above you are panels of wood and tarps. So even during the day, there would be no light. It's deep, deep shadow interspersed with torchlight every few feet. You see eyes and hands, people joking and laughing but they always have one hand on the pommel of a dagger or a sword. The stench of the mall as you move down it is almost overpowering. Human feces and garbage and death walk down the crooked way, but it slowly opens up. You slowly get into a larger area. The stenches slowly fades away and you're into a market area within the mall But then, and then deep in the corner, you see the entrance to the serpent's pit. You hear carousing and the laughter of women and men. You hear drinking and gambling and fighting. And you know that you found as much of a home as you found in the mall, because this is where thieves come most often to trade lies and earn contracts. And this is where you met your patron for the very first time, Hieronymus One-Eye. You make your way into the serpent's pit. 
people stop for a second, turn, look. Some acknowledge you, some simply turn back to their drink. The dancers, men and women alike, uh, continue to dance upon the stages. The bartenders are slinging alcohol and smoke. The rafters are filled with that sweet smell of hashish. But back towards the corner, in a secluded booth, almost a place of honor, you see Hieronymus One-Eye, and he's beckoning towards you. He's an older man, in his late fifties, but still broad of shoulder, his skin darkened by the sun. Over his right eye, there is a simple cloth patch, but his left eye is a lively, sparkling blue. His head is hidden behind a turban, and he wears robes upon robes. You can never actually see any of his body or his movements unless he chooses to allow you to see it, as he does when one pale hand seems to float up out of the robes and beckon you into the corner. He's slowly toking on a hashish pipe and has a small sifter of, of what you assume to be some sort of whiskey at the table. But he's all alone. No bodyguards, no one around him. I'm going to get myself a drink. Would anyone like any? Water, please. Oh, goodness. Why are you drinking water? There's many other, other excellent choices here. Yes, Sir Drusus, please. Much appreciated. What would you recommend? Well, anything but the water. The water is likely the, the, the least clean thing within this place. I'll go up to the bar and sort of just point at the table where Ron misses that and just tell him to send a pitcher or a large jug of some sorts. Do you want ale? Do you want spiced wine? Do you want... Just some ale. Red wine? Ale. Yeah. Ale, huh? Of course. I will send a pitcher of ale over to Old One-Eye's table. And he waves you. He waves away any coins. He's like, it's been it's been handled already. And Brea will kind of approach Hieronymus, and you know, she is looking a bit disheveled at the moment because she was burned rolling around in the dirt and the muck and got water dumped on her. <laughs> so she is like, usually she looks fairly together and isn't at the moment. And so you see, she sort of has this um, kind of leather, almost sort of like apron that she kind of has on her. And then she kind of has the, the skirt under it. And so she's sort of kind of brushing that off a bit. Um, not that there wasn't plenty of filth walking in, but just, you know, we're about to have this meeting. So she sort of brushes everything away and, um, you know, kind of does, you know, kind of almost a little bow. Um, and you see Hieronymus tap one finger to his nose and a sly smile comes to his face. His eye seems to twinkle for a second. And he's like, I thought that was likely you, Roya Nadi. When my runners came and told me that a group of passerbys stopped a fire and staved a family, I thought to myself, only newcomers to Zamora would do that, and I think I had an eye on it. I am glad to see that I was right. Please have a seat. Did you also hear how much uh, money our friend Zamir made for the locals and their bets on his athletic prowess? Oh, yes, yes. I, I actually get a percentage of that. Ah, well, 
indeed. And so she'll kind of scoot all the way over and make seats for everyone else coming in. Aurelia, would you please guide me? Yeah, did you piss yourself or something? No, a rude man spilled his drink upon me. Was he drinking piss? You're a little ripe. It does smell, does it not? I assumed it was just the ale. I have not had it in this town. Oh, it could, well, could be. I don't. I haven't had it either, but we'll find out. Yeah, I squish with every step. <laughs> <laughs> so Aurelia and Sobek make their way over to the table. Uh, Sir Jolden, you're you're the the uh, wait. Uh, the bar uh, barkeep says that he'll send the pitcher over. Zamir, is there anything that you wanted to do before you approach the table? Zamir will get a good drink. This ale oh, might as well pick up a handful of sand and put it into water. This is the same thing. Wine, of course. Only wine for Zamir. And then I think Zamir would also want to uh, take the moment as he's waiting uh, up at the bar to uh, to scan the room, see if there are any, uh, any that are are watching us. Uh, Give me an observation check, and uh, depending on the number of successes will depend on the amount of information you get out of it. All right. Observation. Pretty solid at. Uh, we have any... Yeah, we don't, I'll just roll it straight. All right. Uh, two successes. Is that two? Two, yeah, two successes. successes. Okay, so with the two successes... Um, you do notice uh, there's an individual in the corner in a heavy cloak with his hood down low who's taking note of the fact that you guys are approaching uh, Hieronymus's table. He doesn't seem to be... You don't get any bad intentions coming from this guy, but he does notice it. Other than that, you also notice that there are a handful of hired thugs that are watching the guy in the corner who's watching you. When they're watching him, are they, like, watching him from the perspective of, like, they're his security, or are they watching him because they're assessing? Yeah. No, you're, you get okay. the impression that they're, they're, they're assessing him, and only because you're so good at observation do you really pick up on it. This guy, the guy in the corner is appears to be pretty clueless about what's okay. going on around him. Uh, okay. Um, I will note that. I will go over to the table. I will sit down, and I will say uh, to Hieronymus, uh, am I to assume that uh, it is your thugs here that are keeping an eye on our nosy friend in the corner? You have such a good eyes, Amir. But no, the thugs, he's actually... Uh, potentially your client, and the thugs are the ones who want to probably kidnap him and torture him for information. But we'll get to that in a minute, depending oh. on if you want the job or not. Oh, goodness, well, on with it then. Well, I was so impressed with the job you did for me earlier. You were consummate professionals in retrieving that mask, regardless of the providence from the ruins. So... I'm going to tell you a little story. You see that gentleman over there? He is a Knight Templar of Mitra on a holy crest for the Church of Mitra. 
And he came to this city looking for something and has done a very good job of being found by all the wrong people. Now, one of my children saw him and saw individuals much like the ones who are watching him now and brought him here to me. And I explained to him the lay of the land and I let him know that if he really wanted his quest to succeed, he should probably engage the talents of locals who could do it for him. And after I showed him what was at risk, he agreed. So let me spin a little tale for you and see if you're interested in the job. Once upon a time, oh, so long ago, there were a series of relics to Mitra, a helmet, a great girdle, a pair of braciers, and a torque. And they were held in the church in Namedia. And then once upon a time, about 40 years ago, a group of daring thieves broke in to the temple of Mitra to make off with all these relics. And they were cut down one by one as they made their escape. But the torque was never found and it disappeared. And for 40 years, this order of the Knights of Mitra have been searching for it. And lo and behold, it has turned up here in Zamora. Now, if you're interested in retrieving the Torque for this knight, he has guaranteed me that he will pay you handsomely. 10 gold coin in advance for expenses. Then if you return the Torque to him, 10 gold pieces a piece to each of you. And if you can do it within a week, 15 gold pieces a piece to each of you. A small fortune. Are you interested? Because if you are interested, you must claim it now and vow to me that you will see this contract through, either through success or your own demise. If so, I will bring him over here and he will lay out all of the details for you. Are you intrigued, my fellow thieves? Oh, yes. I am intrigued. 15 coins. <laughs> That's play money. Not, not all of us are as well off as you, Sir Jolden. Does this but, mean that you are not interested? No, of course not. I'm not interested in the gold. I'm interested in this story, Yosadil. It is a good story. For me as well, the gold is meaningless. I, I am interested in the artifacts of Mitra. Well, if you are all in, then I would ask you to prick your thumb and place your print upon this parchment. And he pulls out this parchment out from his robes and he unfurls it before you. Sobek, why don't you give me a sorcery check? Ooh, I'm good at least. I thought you might be. Uh, that is... Two successes. All right, you get one point of momentum. You only needed one success. When he pulls this parchment out, you can tell that it is definitely enchanted. So you would assume that the contract is binding maybe through some sort of curse craft. 
these feeble magics are are a excellent jest. Well, if it is so feeble, if you'd like to place your thumb upon the contract and accept it, I will call over our young Templar and he can explain the rest to you. I'll unwrap some linen from my thumb and prick my finger and then press it down. I'll follow. He turns the contract to Aurelia. She's got her hatchet and she just kind of uses the tip to just split it and puts it down. Well, Roya, Zamir, are you interested as well in the coin or the story or both? Yes, yes. If they're not interested in the coin, I can assure you I am very interested. So I will take their share. Is that not <laughs> how this should work, said Rusis and Sobek? Of course, if this goes well, you can have my share. Excellent. Can the contract be amended there, Hieronymus? Oh, well, the contract is not does not concern the amount you are being paid. It concerns your promise to execute the mission successfully or uh, die in the attempt. I see, I see. I suppose my word, Amir Azad's word, was not good enough for you. You want sorceries yet, but so be it. So be it. But I have the Drusus on record. I will get his share, yes? Yes, my friend, if we Indeed. complete this. You are a very good friend. And he'll he'll go ahead and he'll he'll pull a dagger out of, you know, like like he's not he doesn't have sleeves, but somehow he just like pops a dagger out of nowhere and he just kind of tiny little prick uh, on the top of his finger and he goes ahead and falls through. And as uh, Zamir kind of pulled the dagger out, uh Roy is just going to kind of hold her thumb out. Like while Zamir has the dagger out and just sort of like hold her thumb out like I don't need to also get a dagger we can do this efficiently um hoping that once Zamir kind of pricks his finger that he'll also kind of prick Raya's finger yes uh, would you so as he's got the one dagger out he'll just with his other hand flourish another one and hand it over to Raya totally I will <laughs> like that back of course it is um very special to me and so she's kind of Whereas, whereas Aurelia sort of did this in kind of a rough movement, she's going to be very sort of precise with kind of this exactly where on the thumb she wants it to be. Um, and then she's going to kind of wipe the dagger on the skirt. Um, and then she's going to kind of hand it, handle back, of course, to Samir. Excellent, my friends. Normally I would not ask for a contract of this nature, but when you're dealing with the Templars of Mitra, they are a very hot-headed bunch and... Well, we need to make sure this gets done. And then he sets the contract on fire, and it goes up in a kind of a purple smoke. And then he waves over the, the, the man. You see, uh, Zamir, you, you see these four guys' heads just pivot and start scanning your table. But this, uh, this man comes over, and you can now see in his hood, he's a young man. He's probably in his early 20s. He's got long, uh, curly, dark blonde hair and green eyes, olive-colored skin. And he stands in front of you and he's like, turns to Hieronymus and Hieronymus says, they have, they have agreed, they have agreed to the terms. They will, they will do this job for you. And he almost clicks his heels together and he goes, 
I am Sir Gaius Atticus Rye, a Knight Templar of the Church of Mitra. My order greatly appreciates your willingness to undertake this mission for us. It's a pleasure to meet you. And he, he, he unclasps a brazier from his arm and he hands it over to you, Sir Jolden. And he goes, from one, from one noble warrior to another, I will hand this to you. It is the key to your victory. And you can all see, this is made of a metal unlike any you've ever seen. It sparkles um, in a very, in a silvery, but a very dull silvery sort of way. But even in this tavern light, it seems to draw the light in and almost glow from within. Because this Would is I one be of- able to sense a bit of magic about this too? Give me a, give me another sorcery check. That is four successes. Holy crap. Okay. Goodness. With four successes, you understand the following information. You, you, you know that this, is, the metal itself is inherently magical. In other words, it generates magic in and of itself. By itself, this one brazier um, has very little power. But you can sense that if it it's part of a greater set of of items that were made from one block of this metal. And you're you think, based on your number of successes, that it's some sort of star metal. And you think that if all of these relics were together in one place, they would create a formidable defensive uh ward that would almost prevent harm from the wearer. Roy is going to lean over to Sir Jolden and just say the, because he was the one who was handed this mm -hmm. and it's just going to, not meanly, but with a little bit kind of of a tone to say, uh, the rich just get richer, don't they? Oh, well, please understand, uh, Sir Knight. I will be needing that back as well as the torque when you find it. This is your, this is your lodestone, so to speak. This is how you will find the torque. For you see, when the when the relics become are close to one another, they will pull at one another. That's how. Let me let me back up in my story. So you see, there was a a pilgrim of Mitra here in this cursed city uh, several months ago, and during one of the high day high holy days of Set, he saw the high priestess. Setanepre wearing a torque that he he clearly knew was that of a of Mitra. The two lions' heads faced in at one another. That was no relic of Set. And so during his confessions, he told a priest of Mitra what he had seen, and that priest knew enough to know that it should be brought before our orders. And as my high septum found word of this he recognized it as a, as the missing relic and he dispatched me here to this accursed city to find it and so for weeks i walked about the city feeling the pull of these braciers and he has he has both of them but he handed one to you and slowly i bisected the city and from every angle it drew me to the obelisk of set within the temple district. But when I asked about this, the obelisk, 
I was told that it was solid stone, that it was, that it was, there was no interior, no chamber within it. And so I would, I spent days going over the etchings on the obelisk, trying to find perhaps a secret panel, but I could not find anything. And then again, on a holy day of set, the bracers jerked me away and I ran across the city as they pulled me to the high priestess's compound behind the gates in the palace district. And as I lingered outside of her walled compound, I saw her come out on a palaquin carried by six gladiators and a retinue of guards. And around her neck, I saw with my own eyes the torque of Mitra. But I also saw the torque pull at her, and she turned and looked at me. From what I understand, that's when my trouble started here within the city. I followed at a discreet distance. I'm no thief. I knew not how I would get the torque from her or even get an audience with her to beg for its return. She went into the temple of Set, and I stood outside all that night and into the following morning. And then again, I was jerked. The bracers pulled me back to the obelisk. And ever since, they have simply swir swirled around the obelisk. It is there somehow, somewhere. But then others started taking an interest in me, and that's when your friend Hieronymus found me through some child in the street and told me that I was in danger. And, and that brings me to you. I need you to use this brazier and your understanding of this city to secure the torque and return the torque and the brazier to me. I will be staying at a caravansary near the border with Barunthia. If you can do it within a week, it will give me enough time to travel back to Namedia in time for the next high holy day of Mitra. If it takes longer, that is fine, but if you can do it within seven days' time, I will pay you the extra five gold each. And with that, he pulls out a small sack of pearls. It's about ten gold pieces worth of pearls. And he goes, Hieronymus has told me that this would likely cover any expenses you have. I don't have much more on me other than what I've promised to you for your success. But if you succeed, the Church of Mitra and my holy order will be indebted to you, and your names will be recorded in the Temple of Nemedia as heroes to Mitra. How wonderful. Do you have any other questions of me? I'd like to turn towards one eye. And what do you get out of this arrangement? Oh. I've already been paid in something greater than coin, which I have plenty of. It never hurts to have an entire Templar order of Mitra knights uh, owing you a favor. And that's worth the disfavor of the High Priestess of Set? Well, it's not like she's going to know that we stole it from her, is it? Do you plan on getting caught? Of course not. Don't be silly, Sobek. She will never know we were there. 
it would be in your best interest not to, to tell her of my involvement. You should have read the fine print on that contract. But I have no doubt that you will succeed and that he will, well, the high priestess will have no knowledge of who you are. Or if she does, that she will have no way of tracking you back to me. And don't worry about those four over there, Zamir. They won't be making it out of the tavern alive. Oh, yes. I was never quite worried about them at all. But you have presented to us a fabulous opportunity. Very challenging. This is something, finally, that is uh, worthy of Zamir Azad's skills. Yes, we will do this. And we will do it quickly. And we will get that extra gold. Yes, Zedrusus. Well, then I am going to take our young knight here out the back and make sure that he gets out of the city safely, and I will leave my table to you so you can decide how you want to approach this sticky problem. Profit all. And he walks off with the knight, goes around behind, uh, behind the table, and then you see a panel open up, and he slips through, and you see these four guys get up to follow, and then you see four children behind them just seem, seems to jab them in the thighs with these tiny little daggers. And the men turn purple, start vomiting, and die on the floor. The children loot their pockets and, and scamper out the front of the tavern. And you see the bartender uh, send some people over to get the bodies. Zamir will look at it with a smile on his face. Oh, to be young again. <laughs> oh, such good times. Do you mean, did when I leave... Yes, he did, Sobek. He has left us to plan. So, how are we going to get into your temple? Well, we now, don't see necessarily have to go into the temple. She does travel across the city. We could try to accost oh, it at some point along the way between point A and point B. Doommaster. Would it be safe to say that I've been in the Temple of Set? You have probably been in the in the um, first chamber, the first worship chamber, but you know that behind that there is uh, um, chambers for the faithful, and then you know beyond that there are um, chambers only for the, the, the upper echelon of priests within that temple. But I will say, you guys have all been in Zamora for almost a month now and and zamir you've been here longer so there are roles you can make because i mean obviously as players you don't have information about zamora but your characters would so i can give you some background information based on some successful roles that you might have based on the amount of successes you give will determine the amount of information you get um and you can throw out any potential skills you want but definitely thievery Sorcery, lore, um, observation are all good opportunities to have picked up information about the city that might clue you in on some opportunities. Zamir, I'll do sorcery every time you offer it. Yeah, I will do thievery as well, yes. Uh, I'll do observation or survival if that's an option. It is. I'll, it's a, definitely an option. I'll do lore. Okay. Two successes for me. Two? So, two. two successes. So what you know 
Um, because sorcery is not just casting spells. It's understanding sorcery. It's lore about sorcery. It's also sort of lore about religion, because in, in Conan, religion and sorcery are closely tied together. So you did definitely recognize the name of High Priestess Setanepre, and you know that other than, other than being in her compound, she actually is hardly ever seen to leave her compound. In fact, only on like two holy days a year does she actually make her way to the Temple of Set. But she's often seen in the Temple of Set, so you have no idea how she gets there. You do know that she she's a hedonist and a sadist, and she often holds elaborate parties and masquerades and debauches at her compound. Invitation only, um, but that might be a way to get into her compound. About this, this Temple of Set, other than what I already told you, you do know that the, the temple custodian, who's responsible for the, the open worship area and the, and, the, and the slightly more secluded worship areas, goes by the name of Secret, Temple Custodian Secret. Um, and you've heard that the inner temple, when the high priestess is not here, is under the control of her right-hand man, uh, the priest torturer known as Zoilos. So, with a one success on your thievery check, um, what you would know is that the Temple of Bell, uh, within, um, within the Amal, is said to have, uh, behind the shrine, an area where the, um, the Queen of the Beggars holds court. And it's said that she has a great deal of knowledge about the sewer systems, the undercity, how to get into them, and how to travel through them. So if this high priestess is traveling, maybe she's traveling through some kind of underground means. And the Temple of Bell and the Queen of the Beggars may uh, provide an opportunity to learn more about that. Aurelia, with uh, three successes on your awareness and survival... You remember from your time in the ruins, you remember seeing um, these openings that looked like collapsed buildings, and some of them looked like uh, closed-over gratings and things like that. But you also remember seeing markings on them. And after having asked around, you realized that those were entrances to the sewer systems of Zamora and possibly into the Undercity. So that you know that from the ruins there are there is access um, into the undercity from there, and you've heard, well, based on the layout and what you've seen just walking through the city, you would think that the Temple of Set has got to be attached somehow to the city sewer system because as you walked around the city, you saw no other other businesses take their sewage out into the streets. But you remember most of the major temples, the Temple of Bell, the Temple of Set, uh, they don't. So you would think that they have to actually be connected to the sewer system somehow. Roy, I got a four on her um, lore. Four successes on lore? Oh, I got a, yeah. So just, just one four. Oh, one four. Yeah. One success? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, when you're thinking about it, you realize you remember that there's actually is a library 
um, in the palace district. It used to belong to a noble. He gave over all of his grounds because he was an incredible scholar. And this, this great library was built here. And you've heard that within the library, there's plans of the city. There's all of uh, the old, old documents about what the city was like before the last time it was sacked. You know, the old structures um, and has information about the temples of Set um, and and the rivalry with the Temple of Mitra. I mean, there's a, a well worth of information in there. You know that it's difficult to get into the library. However, you can approach the door um, and you'll be asked a series of questions or riddles and you have to successfully answer them to gain entrance to the library to prove that you're a scholar that's worthy of learning within this library. That sounds like fun. So that's all the that's all the background information. Did uh, oh, or you can do a society check too, um, if you want, uh, Sir Jolden. Yeah, I can do that. One success. Okay, one success. Uh, with one success, you know it is very difficult to get into the palace district if you are not someone of noble birth or high standing. Um, that, you know, it, it could be very hard for some of your party members to get in there or at least get in there without some serious bribery. You've also, you yourself have heard, because you are a noble warrior, um, you have seen other nobles within the, within Zamora talk about the high priestess uh, Setanepre's parties and how uh, unbelievable they are. I mean, the, the things that go on there. And you hear that she loves to see... Um, Contests of athletics, um, fighting pits. She, she's often invited the uh, victors from fighting pits to the parties uh, or those from, you know, foreign lands who have interesting stories to tell may win an invitation. Uh, but you have to, if you want to get into one of the parties, you have to basically get in contact with her major domo or factum or impress her in some other way that she would send an invitation to you. You do also know that though, that there is a black market for these invitations, a very expensive limited black market for the invitations. They come up every once in a while because the invitations themselves don't have names on them. There's just a limited number that are given to individuals. So there, that's also a way if you decided that you wanted to try to get into one of these parties uh, that you could possibly get into it. So you learned a little bit about uh, High Priestess Setanepre and her compound, about the library, about the simple, the Temple of Set, the Temple of Bell, and uh, possible sewer systems and 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 undercity access to any of these locations. So armed with all that information, is there something you would like to try to do to get more information about how to handle this situation? That is I a would lot. always venture into the ruins. If anyone else well, is, we up could. For going uh, there. But we might want to find more uh, information so that we can navigate these ruins carefully. Uh, you said that there was a, a library. Perhaps we could find plans, uh, or I could speak uh, with the queen. Of beggars, uh, 
at the Temple of Bell, she might be able to, uh, for a favor or a fee, provide information about what uh, runs beneath the city. Perhaps we do both. Perhaps we do, yes. Are we interested in this party at all? Oh, well, of course, I was just assuming much that was so. the first step. Perhaps we might be able to learn when the next party is to be had, and we can use uh, that as cover for our ingress. So, Sir, Sir Jolden, you know that um, inside the Palace District, there are a couple of very nice eateries slash taverns where some of the other uh, nobles um, and upper crust of Zamora uh, often go to drink and relax and uh, enjoy a smoke or a meal. Um, and in fact, that's where you had heard some of the rumors about this party to begin with. So, you know, that would be a possible uh, a way to get more information about the parties. Then I'll try to follow up to get information on the parties. Okay, so Sir Jolden is going to go into the Palace District to follow up on the parties. Zamir, where were you going to head off to? I think Zamir will go to the Temple of Bell. He will consult with the Queen of Beggar to see what uh, information she is willing to share. Is anybody going to go with Zamir or Sir Jolden? Yes, come, come, I shall show you. I shall show you a true temple. I shall show you a true queen. Or does anybody want to go to the Temple of Set or go to the library? I would definitely be going to the Temple of Set. Okay. I wish to poke around and find the passageway into the sewers or ruins that she travels through. All right. So we've got Sobek going to the Temple of Set. We've got Sir Jolden going to the tavern inside the palace district. We've got Samir going to the uh, Temple of Bell, Roya and Aurelia. Uh, Roya will go with Sobek to the Temple of Set. Okay. I'll yes, he looks so religious with that. Okay. Poofy hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start uh, with Zamir. So you, since you're already in the mall, uh, the two of you head a little deeper into the mall. Um, once again, the alleyways get a little narrower. The smell gets a little worse. Um, it's still the dark of night. Um, so it's only torchlight that's lighting from pockets of shadows to pockets of shadows. And Zamir, every once in a while, you can see people shifting in the shadows, eyeing you up, but recognizing a fellow professional and just settling back against the wall. Because in the mall, for the most part, thieves don't go after other thieves. You also know that the Temple of Bell is actually in an old brewery. So you make your way into this brewery and the, the there's an old man, heavy, heavy set man. Clearly at once upon a time was a warrior because he's only got one arm and the others, his others, his sleeve is, is tapped up. And he's pouring out pints and he looks at you and he's like, hmm. Here for a drink or here for a worship? Well, why not both? Yes. Indeed. He pours a couple of pints and he puts them out. He just looks at you waiting for you to slide a couple of coins across. And I will I will do so and probably more than I would need to. Uh, trying to be friendly. Uh, yes. He nods and smiles. You see, he doesn't really have any teeth left anymore. Just a couple on the back, a couple of back molars, but... 
scoops the coins up, they disappear quickly. And and the ale is delicious. It's a spiced ale. Um, mm. You would think, based on your travels, you've had it before. Um, it's a it's a Catan ale from the far yeah. far east. I will look at him with great surprise. Like, this is delicious. This is hmm, this is not local. No, so, no, only the best for Zamir. Don't think we haven't heard of your exploits earlier tonight. That's oh. why you're not drinking swill. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, thank you. Thank you, my friend. I very much appreciate this. I was drinking wine at the Serpent's Pit not too long before, and this is far superior. I uh, greatly appreciate a proper drink for a proper... For well, a proper, proper drink for a proper thief, indeed. Well, the, the shrine is in the back. Take your time. Well, thank you. Thank you, indeed. And uh, as you approach... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was, I'll, I'll, I'll approach, yeah. As you approach the shrine, it's, 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 it looks like at one point it was a man in a cloak, possibly with his arms out, but his face has been worn off by time or perhaps on purpose. Um, and there's no distinct features at all about the, about the statue at all, other than the fact that it's covered in small pieces of parchment, each with the name of a thief on it who's promised themselves to Bell. And you know that the only way you can put your name upon this is to have successfully completed a heist of renown. Uh, was Aurelia with me or not, Ashley? Did you did you say yes. you were coming with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Um, I would probably be like sharing a little bit, probably not too much, uh, like about this or that, uh, kind of giving background on this or that. Uh, but I will keep some things probably close underneath the the, the chest. Um, okay. And I'm so the the beggar, the queen of beggars, she's behind the shrine. Is that correct? That's the rumor, but you okay. don't see anything behind the shrine. It's just a, mm. just a wall. Oh well, um, I don't. Uh, one moment, please. And I'll just um, hmm. I'll do what I can to sort of just examine the wall or examine the uh, sort of the, the rear of the shrine, looking for any signs of um, mechanisms, false panels, anything like that. If that's um, right. Absolutely. You can either give me an observation check or a thievery check. And Aurelia, if you want to help, you can. You can aid using either one of those as well. And the way aiding works in this game is instead of rolling 2d20, you roll one. And if you succeed on your roll with that one die, however many successes you get adds to Zamir's successes as long as he gets at least one success. Oh, okay. So it doesn't hurt you to try. Yeah, I'll roll it. So you want to roll observation or thievery to assist? Do I have to roll what he rolls? One of those two, yep. Okay, I can, uh, I'll it, roll observation. You yeah, don't normally... It's the same for me, so yeah, go ahead. Oh. A two. All right, two successes. So uh, if Zamir succeeds, he automatically gets two additional successes on top of it. Okay. I did, in fact, get one success, so nice. that is Perfect. three in total. So, because it was a D3 thievery check to find the mechanism that opens the panel behind the shrine. So between the two of you, you're, you're, you're looking around, and 
And at first, you don't see it, Zamir, but Aurelia sees this weird little notch in the panel, and she points it at you, and then you recognize the type of mechanism. And you, you stick your thumb in, and you twist it a little bit. You feel, again, a little prick on your thumb, a little drop of blood. You feel it drip down this interior groove, and then the panel unlocks and slides to the side. And you're in a cav- uh, basically a cavern going down. But there are torch lights on either side. It's a very, It's much more... It's much better lit than the rest of the mall. And there are actually steps carved into this tunnel going down, but it is a cavern. Good eye, Aurelia. Good eye. Yes, yes. Uh, Shall we go? Lead the way. So as you guys walk down into, uh, into the Queen of the Beggars Court, we will switch over to the entrance to the Temple of Set. And Sobek and Roya, as you approach the stairs, and this is a, this is a grand temple with you know a, a marbled staircase. There are two columns outside of the door. There's a great, great double door in a, in jade color, and the the columns are are carved in the form of hooded cobras, looking out over the steps. So I would imagine. Um... Roya kind of has her arm out for Sobek, and so you have kind of Sobek walking on Roya's arm, Roya exaggeratedly leaning on her staff as they're sort of walking up and approaching the door. Uh, and um, Roya will just sort of lean over towards Sobek. Uh, we have arrived. Yes, I no longer need the assistance. This is This is my home. This is my favored land. And I will uh, remove my arm from her, and I'll start leading us in the rest of the way. So the door is open, and you find yourself in a large circular chamber. On the floor, in, in a mosaic tiles, is this great serpent coiling around until it's at the very center of the chamber, and then it rears up, and its head makes the pedestal behind which a priest is standing. And surrounding the exterior of the circular room are, are, are a series of, of, of cushions and low benches for people to sit and worship. Against the far back wall, you see a series of doors leading deeper into the temple. The priest looks up at you. Is you this mean, as far as I've ever been before? This is as far as you've ever been before, yes. Come forward, children, into the glory of Set. I will walk forward. Embrace his coils. Let his venom strengthen you. Let his wisdom fill you. Or he is just sort of watching Sobek. I will uh, move forward uh, in front of the priest and uh, lay myself prostrate before them. Child of Set, what brings you to the temple this night? We simply seek shelter for the night. And what better shelter than in his constriction? Well, the coils, the coils of set will hold you close, but I will tell you, there is no place 
in Set's coils for those who will not work for Set's greater glory. Would you spend time in the temple tonight cleaning the coils of the mosaic to honor our Lord Set? It would be the highest honor. And then you see him kind of snap his fingers and you see a couple of people come out of the out from around the corners of this uh of this circular room you didn't even see before because they themselves have been prostrate on the floor you had kind of thought them maybe pillows but it's uh it's a couple of teenagers probably very 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 thin with these just wide-eyed look of fervorous belief on their faces they're just wearing simple shifts and they come up and they've got these buckets and these sponges. And you can see on their hands, they're wearing these gloves. And they are, they are to hold these, these sponges and these scrub brushes to scrub the coils. But you see that actually the in to- inside of the gloves all have small pins in them. So every time they press down, their palms bleed. So you see the water is mixed with their blood as they were cleaning the coils. And and they just, but they don't hand you gloves. They just hand you the buckets and the, and the bristle brushes. And then they prostrate themselves out again in front of this priest. I would like to start scrubbing, um, and make my way towards the back where all those doors are, and just keep an eye on like who's coming in, who's coming out, that kind of thing. Okay. And Roya, what are you doing? Roya's been relatively quiet, uh, so but can sort of do what she considers to be kind of the uh, butt kissing here, and she's not going to. Don't uh, make me look bad here. These (laughs) are my people. And she just sort of, you know, every so often just kind of jumps in. "Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of doing the what he said kind of a thing, and then she will... um, you know, kind of give a bit of a bow and, you know, kind of reach her, her hand out as well for a, a sponge and a bucket. And you're handed one off too. So you begin work and you're scrubbing the coils and then we're going to slide over. We're going we're gonna to shift our camera focus to Sir Drusus Jolden as you approach the gate into the inner wall that leads into the palace district. Uh, there are two. There are two large guards in plate mail armor at this gate, but they see you. They recognize your social standing. Uh, they recognize you as a noble, so they simply step aside and open the gate for you. They bow their head and they say, "Welcome, welcome, sir. Uh, you'll be free from the crassness and crime of the lower city here." Thank you. I grow tired of it. Indeed. May we direct you anywhere, sir? I'd like to go to the tavern, you fanciest. Bah, but of course, in fact, if you just take this path off to the right, it will lead you to the main street. Up up a block and on the right-hand side, there's a temple where many young noblemen uh, find some happiness and joy. The brothel's upstairs, but that's through the back entrance. Thank you. And I'll just follow the path. Okay. Are you, uh, their directions are perfect. The streets are wide and paved here. They're well lit. Uh, people are walking calmly up and down the street in their finery. And you, you, you quickly make your way to the tavern and you walk in. It's, it's well lit. 
the bar is mahogany and polished to almost a mirror sheen. Uh, there are several uh, barmaids behind the bar uh, dressed elegantly. Um, there is a, uh, a minstrel in the corner playing uh, soft but very tasteful music. And among, scattered among the tables, you see several uh, several young noblemen and, and, and high-class merchants. I sort of think to myself, ah, only Zamir could be here. He might enjoy some of this. And I sort of just join whatever nobles are kind of chatting. You do see a table. There's there's one open seat. They're playing some cards. And they see you walk in, and they, 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 they motion you over. They're like, ah. Our fourth had to go, uh, uh, business, you know how it is, but feel free to join us if you'd like, sir. Ah, sir Drusus. Ah. Well, sir Drusus, please. Go ahead and have a seat. And they deal you in. So give me an observation check, sir Drusus. Observation. Okay. Not my greatest skill, but now you can sure, no always method. get. You can always give me doom to get extra dice. Okay, let me see how much there are. Is there a cap on that? Uh, you can you can buy three for three doom. We actually do have a banked momentum from Aurelia's observation that I do not believe has been spent. Okay. So you no, got one that momentum. Was a, that was a three difficulty. Oh no, that was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So yeah, you I'll can pass over two doom. Let's okay, try that. So when you pull it up, you should be able to just add the doom in before you roll. If you're rolling on the if you're rolling in foundry, got it. One want. success. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, you're playing back and forth for for an hour or so. Um, you end up losing two gold to them, but but no one is irritated or unhappy. They're pay, they're buying drinks. Uh, is there anything so? During the course of the play, is there anything you, any topic you broach with them? Yeah, I pretty much bring up, I've heard stories of parties. I'd want to hear more about their sort of experiences that they've been to or know anything oh, about. Oh, the, the palace district is 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 great for parties. I mean, is what kind of party, I mean, are what kind of parties are you looking for, Sir Drusus? One Something headline. a little more racy or more restrained? Yeah, a bit more discreet for sure. Oh, discreet, discreet. Well, uh, there are a few discreet parties to be had, but you know, they're somewhat dull. What 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 are you looking for? I've heard of parties held by the priestess, invitation only. Oh, Setanepre? Well, her parties are anything but discreet. She she is known as the greatest hedonist within this city. But you're right. Her invitations are not easy to get. I know some fly in the black market, but what goes on here? Well, if you truly want to make a name for yourself, there are sword bouts here in the palace district. And she frequently attends them, looking for you know, new and interesting people to invite. If you show well at, at a, in, a, in a bout, you may get an invitation. 
I mean, they're they're blunted weapons. They, you know, we do we don't fight to the death or anything. So gauche, but of course, I should try one of these. Well, they happen every day at ten in the morning, and he gives you the directions to this small fighting pit in the palace district, where you know it's usually people who have either pissed somebody off and gotten in a duel, or somebody who, like you, is just trying to make a name for himself in the city. So with that information, we're going to slide back to Zamir as you walk down these steps. And it opens up into a large cavern, incredibly well lit. There are chandeliers hanging from the ceilings, and there are great thick carpets all over the floors. And you see dozens of children to teenagers to young adults, all dressed comfortably, eating well, uh, relaxing, reading, some playing music, and sitting on this large pile of pillows, you see this woman in, in robes, a very familiar woman, a woman that you saw just a few hours ago. And she cackles. <laughs> She's like, oh, you made me so much coin tonight, Samir. So much for the children. Well, I what am What brings quite... you to see well, I have uh, my compatriot and I. We uh, we have come to ask for your assistance, and uh, he he's I would say he's grinning like ear to ear at this. It seemed like he, you pulled a fast one on me, madam. <laughs> oh, very, call me very nice. Call me Grandmother Wisp. That's what all the children do. Well, indeed, Grandmother Wisp, I. Uh, I am honored to be in your presence. This is my associate, Aurelia. We are Why, here. hello, dear. You were very help, very useful too, trying to get all of those those poor betters to, to put out that fire. If you'd only known that they'd all bet for the fire and not for you. But that was that very makes, brave. Makes sense why they didn't weren't willing to help, but You did pull a couple over. You did convince a couple of them to help you. That was very impressive. I was able to browbeat a few, thank you. So what can old Grandmother Wisp do for such such two wonderful people on this night? Well, we are looking for some information about the um, alternative routes for navigating the city. And we have been told, uh, it's come to our attention, that there is none who would know better than how to travel the tunnels beneath the city, the sewers, the ruins, these sorts of things, then, well, then you, Grandmother Wisp, and all of your court. Well, well, my dear Zamir, I would have to say that the information you got was correct. I mean, there may be better maps in the library, but very few people travel those ways except for me and a few of, well, your ilk. But, uh... But I do know my way around the the undercity and the sewers fairly well. Where are you trying I... to go? Oh, well, how much information would you like? Would you like to be ignored? Uh, we are planning um, a job. And I would never want to uh, make it so that you might be in danger by information. I could tell you if you like. Of course, I am sure you would keep it to yourself. But 
Well, no, no, might be... you're very wise. You're very loose lips and all of that. No, no, you keep you keep your jobs to yourself. You ask your questions. I tell you my rules. Even though you made me a great deal of coin tonight, every question you ask is one gold. But every yeah. question you ask will be answered truthfully. Well, that is that is a very uh, very generous offer, is it not, really? Is that not generous? Yes, it's exceedingly. Yes. Well, um, we have heard, uh, so I don't know if you have ideas, but, um, so, uh, there's a few things I think he would probably want to know. Um, okay. Now, I will, I will also tell you this. Six, a, six, a successful persuade check would potentially offset some of the cost. Oh. Well, let's see. My persuades uh, trash? I am not, uh, I'm a persuasive man. Uh, I'm not overly persuasive, uh, but I will talk. I beg, oh, madam, but you have made so much money this evening on our behalf. Perhaps, perhaps there is charity as there was charity this eve when I saved the babe. Well, you do, you, you are a sweet Tongue devil, Zamir. I don't know. Why don't we see how that roll goes, and we'll see. Okay. Feel free to t feel free to give me as much doom as you want. Up I, to three. So I okay. will give you a doom so I can get an extra die. All right. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Uh, there we go. Yep. Oh goodness, uh, that oh, was a terrible that's, roll. That's that's rough. Can you do the fortune spend in Conan you can. for a reroll? Yes. Oh yes. How, how many do you get uh, per you get, fortune? You, um, you get three. Re I mean, you you can reroll all your dice for a fortune point. Okay. You get three re, uh, and that's that's a good point. That's a good place to to interject this. So, yeah. Unlike Octum Cthulhu, your fortune points in Conan refresh every session. Oh, so don't yeah. don't feel bad about using your fortune for re-rolls or any of the other things fortune can be used for because you're going to get a full you're going to get your full allotment back next time next week and we are pretty close to ending for tonight so all right so i'll i'll spend my fortune and i'll give that a re-roll uh only one man it's okay it's okay one success was all you all you needed here because uh she was very impressed by the fact that you saved a child because you can see, obviously, she takes care of a lot of children. She's like, of course. Oh, Zamir, you saved the child tonight. You risked your life to save a child tonight. So I will one-time deal just for you and your friend, because you are both so sweet to children. I will answer all the questions you have for one gold. You are the epitome of grace and kindness. Thank you, Grandmother Wisp. Uh, you are flatterer. If I was 70 years younger. Age is but a number, Grandmother. Just a oh, number. Oh, you are a cheeky devil. <laughs> I am indeed. And I will, like, flourish my jacket a little bit and kind of turn a little. Because you could probably see half of his ass cheek from it. So <laughs> he is uh, he is not. He's not shy. Um, you, hear a couple of, you hear a couple of teenagers in the background. They make some cat calls, but uh, <laughs> Grandmother Wisp ignores it, intentionally ignores it. 
Aurelia and Grandmother Wisp share like a look. <laughs> uh, Zamir is quite proud. So when the cat calls happen, he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. You see some like, couple of teenage girls and a couple of teenage boys all blush really badly and go back to what they were doing. But uh, Zamir appreciates all. Uh, age does not matter. Gender does not desire either. <laughs> he is, uh, he is uh, one who loves. That is all. Um, so we have a couple. I, I, I guess one of the questions I was interested in is that the obelisk of Set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In like, in the palace district as well, like because, so I guess he, he would start there. Hmm. The obelisk of Set. We have heard um, a rumor or two that it is not as solid as as it claims to be, and that there is possible um, something within, something below. <laughs> you're clever, Zamir. No, that obelisk is completely solid, but you're right. There are chambers beneath the obelisk. Oh, that was an old, old temple to set over several hundred years ago. There was a temple to set there, and that obelisk was the center of that temple. But the chambers beneath still exist. Does anyone worship there still visit this temple? Well, this is just rumor, but it's, it's, I'm told that only the high priest or high priestess of the current temple knows how to enter the chambers below the obelisk. No, I happen you. to think, oh no, I, now cheeky boy, <laughs> I am fairly certain that there is tunnels and pathways into that area. But every time hmm. an assassin or a thief gets, travels through the tunnels towards that obelisk, well, at some point they go too far and never come back. Oh dear, sorcery, perhaps. Perhaps, or perhaps there's something else in those tunnels that doesn't like visitors. I don't know. Oh, I mean, I see. the Undercity is dangerous. Don't get me wrong. Oh. But... What is life, Grandmother, without a little danger? Yes. <laughs> Again, you should have caught me in my youth a hundred years ago or more, and I would have shown you some danger then. His eyes will kind of open up at the number that she mentions. Oh. And she only looks like she's in her fifties. Yeah. You, you are show some danger now. Yeah. <laughs> you are much like an onion, I suppose. Many layers beneath. I wonder. I wonder what more we might learn of you, but we shall not pry. Yeah. Um, I'm an open book for those who took care of my children. You could peel back all of these robes, and I'm sure you would be surprised, young man. Well, he kind of looks over at Aurelia to <laughs> see if he gets permission. <laughs> I maybe after now, hush back to your questions. You don't have oh, time yes, for this. Yes, of course, of course, of course. Um, is there you said you're not sure of a way to the obelisk or in or out, but are you uh, the obelisk is within the temple district? Yes, yes, yes. Are you aware of um, a route perhaps between the uh, the temple district, the obelisk, and perhaps so, oh, I don't know, the palace district? I do know of a way, Zamiya. Well, I've heard rumor of a way. I can't verify it because, well, even my beggars can't get there. It's said 
that within the high priestess's compound, within her inner chambers, as well as within the temple of Set, there are blood gates that connect those two places. And perhaps they would also connect the chambers beneath the obelisk. Blood gates beneath yes. us all. Yes, you sacrifice, uh, they sacrifice people. Hmm. And the blood of, the, of their sacrifices powers these sorceress gates and they travel between these places. They say it's sliding along the coils of set from what I've heard, but you know, I, these are rumors. I can't, I can't say for sure, but mm, of see. all of the high priests and priestesses I have seen in my long life, I've seen very few of them on the street, but they do seem to get around. So perhaps there's some credence to that. I see, I see. How very interesting, very interesting. And he'll turn to Aurelia and be like, we must um, speak with our good friend to see if he has any um, knowledge of these blood gates, how we might be able to circumvent, perhaps. Yes. Later, later. Uh, do you have any, do you have questions, Aurelia? So you hit the two that I wanted about the obelisk and about the, um, between the chambers and stuff. Um, I think that's, that, those were like the two big ones that I wrote out. Okay. So he'll also ask, he'll think, um, well, um, you say you have many of your children traveling about thieves, assassins, yes. Well, do you ever see anyone not of these, um, not of these groups traveling about in the, uh, in the tunnels, the sewers, others who are perhaps, um, a higher echelon of society who might not be soiled so regularly, but yet, somehow, for some reason, they are down there. Oh, you're so tricky, Zamir. You do from time to time, I will see and find uh, adventurers going down there looking for treasures in the ruins, trying to find pockets of the old undercity that have been undiscovered. Young nobles willing, wanting to prove themselves against, against the great old albino crocodile in the depths of the sewers. But for the most part, they're the highways of the thieves and assassins in the city. I see, I see. Well, uh, Aurelia, you got anything else? Um, what can you tell us of the priestess of Set? Setanepre? Yes. Uh, she is a piece of work, that one. She is a noblewoman by birth and a high priestess of Set by choice. It's said that she dabbles in dark magics, which one would expect of a high priestess of Set, but of course, she is also unsavory. She loves to inflict pain and to watch pain inflicted on others. She revels in the pleasure of others' suffering. She throws outrageous parties, and they've been known to... She's been known to slaughter a dozen slaves at her parties just to make a pathway upon which to walk from a dais to a dinner table. If there's evil in this world, I think that is its face. Though a beautiful face it is. Mm -hmm. 
Do you know, perhaps, of any way with which we might um, procure an invitation to this uh, party? You speak of it as though you have been there yourself. I would imagine in your younger years, you were quite the societal madam, I would imagine. Well, I I am always, I have always been Grandmother Wisp, and I have always been here, but my children and some others do sometimes see things for me, or I see things through them. But yes, you can get invitations on the black market, and I could tell you someone who might be able to get you one or two for the right price. If that's something that would interest you, you... Well, I very much enjoy a party. If you would be so kind, I would uh, be most grateful. And again, he'll just sort of like flirtatiously most grateful. (laughs) She actually see her blush a little bit. And she goes, and she scribbles down a name on a piece of paper and she hands it to you. And she goes, at five bells tomorrow... You'll be at the fountain inside uh, Old Town at this location, and you will be approached by someone. And if you have the right amount of coin, he will be able to provide you an invitation or two. Perhaps more if you have enough coin. I do not know what he will charge. All I know is that he will be there for you. Uh, he'll reach out. He'll 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 grab it, but he'll let his hand kind of linger for a moment. You know, kind of do one of those things, madam. And then he'll will he'll be so bold as to maybe lean forward and try to kiss her hand and see if she'll allow him. As as you lean forward, she actually flips her wrist so it's palm up. Mm. And she oh goes, gosh. "I trust you, Zamir, with with my very life blood here. Don't don't upset Granny." <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> cannot uh, you cannot blame a young man for trying. And then he will release it and like he'll he'll give like a bow and step away. As you step away, she smacks you on the butt cheek and she goes, oh. now you come back when you're done and see Grandmother Wisp. Indeed I will. Indeed I will. <laughs> we'll be seeing something, I'm sure. <laughs> and so we cut over as uh, Zamir and Aurelia are, are walking back up out of uh, out of the court of beggars to the Temple of Set. And Sobek, on his hands and knees, scrubbing the coils of the serpent on the floor. Um, what do you? So you're you're trying to observe the comings and goings from the rooms. Yes, I'd like to observe, and as things get later and hopefully people uh, thin out or go to sleep, I just want to work my way more and more towards the back. Okay, uh, where those rooms are. Are you trying to? Um, do it stealthily or? No, I would just like clean my way over there. Like I'm just naturally cleaning things closer and closer to those. But you're trying to be circumspect to a point that you're not trying to draw attention. Yeah, I guess you you care if if, I'm. I'm not really caring if someone sees me, but like I am trying to just look like I'm cleaning. So I guess you could say it's stealthy. No, just give me an observation check then. Because I mean, they're. I mean, you will, you're being noticed what you're doing, but nobody seems to care because you're doing what they asked you to do, which which is clean. Roya uh, is one sort success. of like the ones in the um, in the tavern mm-hmm. where you've got the person watching the person watching. <laughs> and so Roya is cleaning, okay. watching if anyone is watching Sobek. Okay, give me an observation check as well. So Sobek, with your one observation, um, 
during the entire time you're there, no one enters or leaves these inner doors at all. Uh, but you do notice that on the doors, each of them seem to have some sort of elaborate lock. Um, they're not they're not a simple latch and key. It's some sort of elaborate set of dials. And did you, how did you do, Roya? Uh, failed. I target number was six. Okay, so you don't notice anything out of the order. I mean, you notice the fact that every once in a while, uh, you know, this the priest who lets you in's eyes roam over you and the other, you know, the other uh, novitiates who were uh, who are who are scrubbing the floor. He doesn't seem to be paying any particular attention to any one of you, though. Would we have noticed uh, Secret, the temple custodian, at all? Uh, would we have been able to like spot him? He was the guy you were talking to. Oh, okay. The the priest. Sorry. Yeah. Started, yeah, he, the, yeah. The, yeah. The priest who, who who started the conversation was with you was temple custodian secret. Um, for the hierarchy of set, the fact that he's a temple custodian that would mean he's a higher ranking priest or a lower ranking priest. He is. He is the highest ranking priest of the junior priests, which is why he's in charge of this. All the like before this, he would have been out on the streets in the temple districts, basically shilling for worshipers and money. But he's graduated to the point where he's responsible for this for this first chamber of the temple of Set. Uh, does it seem like the place is thinned out at all as it gets later into the night? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, it's just the temple custodian. The two novices who are scrubbing and you and Roya in here now. And it's probably coming close to midnight at this point. You know it's not uncommon for there to be a midnight mass in the Temple of Set. There doesn't appear to be one going on tonight. Which makes sense based on, I mean, you know the schedule of, of worship. So you were not anticipating one. Okay. Um. So I would like to after like I feel confident that there's no worship going to happen, I would head towards Secret, mm-hmm. and I would start unwrapping my uh, wraps and blindfold all the linen around me, mm-hmm. and it would reveal uh, bloodshot eyes. Like just almost every vessel in my eye is uh, burst, and the. Uh, iris and the pupil is the same, but everything else is just surrounded by blood. And I'm going to cast Gaze of Set. All right. Talk to us all about Gaze of Set. Gaze of Set is enslaved, but in Stygia, it's called Gaze of Set. Um, and it's a struggle. So I have to roll difficulty one and secret. I assume he knows what's happening because he's a priest of Set. So he would roll difficulty two. Mm-hmm. And then when it's based on momentum, I can give him a command and he may or may not listen based on how well I roll. Got it. Or, or I can I can make him do progressively riskier things based on how well I roll. Uh, that is three successes for me. Wow. All right. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Let's see what he can do here. So I'm going to, uh, I've got sitting on 20 doom, so I'm going to spend three doom. Oof. 
22 him, doom, in fact. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to spend three doom to give him five dice. Let's see what we get. Three successes. All right. So he had difficulty two, which mm -hmm. means he gets one momentum. Mm -hmm. And I had difficulty one, which means I get two momentum. Yep. So that means I'm still successful with one momentum, correct? Correct. Okay. I will tell him, the high priestess commanded me to clean the tunnels from the sewers. You do not need to assist. Stay where you are. And with one momentum, I can do what the heart wants to compel him to engage in previously established behavior. Uh, walking on patrol, fighting on, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I just want to start messing with the doors as he stays in the seat. Okay, he goes, oh, uh, of of course, brother, of course, uh, the high priestess, yes. I'll I'll just continue to attend to uh, to the worship area then. And he goes uh, back, he just goes back to his podium and basically he's ignoring you at this point. Okay, uh, technically, just to be fair, it says he'll engage in previously established behavior for another round. I don't know how that works outside of combat, so that's up to you to decide. Um, as long as you don't do something that would draw his attention back to you, he's going to ignore what you're doing since we're out of com we're not in okay. a combat situation. Well, then I'd like to uh, just like give Roy a little nod, and I'm going to start trying to see if I can open any of these doors. Okay, so you approach one of the doors, and it's got one of those weird dials on it. How do you want to do this? You can make a thievery check. Um, you could try. I mean, there's you could you tell me what kind of check you want to try to make, and and I'll I'll help you figure uh, figure out what the difficulty is for successfully figuring this locking mechanism out. As I'm putting my wraps back on. Roya, do you have any suggestions? Ah, uh, and Roya will just sort of like look at it and you just sort of see her going, hmm. Hmm. Uh, can I roll a lore? Sure. All right. Might, might tell you some information about the kind of lock you're dealing with. Might help. All right. Uh, all right, so, I'm looking so it's going to be a it's going to be a simple difficulty of one, but additional successes will get you additional information. Uh, that is a three and a one. So, do you have a f uh, focus in lore? Yes, I do. What's your focus in lore? Two. Two. Okay, so you got three successes then. All right. So, you know, you look at this lock and you know you've read or heard about something like this before. You know that it's both a, manu a manual lock where you have to maneuver the discs into the right position at the same time while chanting some sort of incantation. It's a sorceress lock to open the door or a prayer. I mean, it could be something associated with set, you know, obviously uh, that would make sense. But with the three successes, you know that both you have to open it with your hand and say some sort of prayer or chant to get the lock to disengage. You also believe, since you got three successes, that a failure of either one of those parts would probably result in either some sort of alarm 
or some sort of trap going off. We should do this carefully, Sobek. You, with your prayer, and I suppose I could try the movement, but we must beware if we are not successful. Do not fumble your fingers. Penalties are severe in the Temple of Set. Indeed. Would I be able to use sorcery to try and uh, guess the prayer? You can. But without knowing the prayer, it's a little more difficult. But yes, you can. What difficulty are we talking here? Five. Five? Goodness. Uh, Don't forget about fortune. You got fortune. It gives you an automatic crit. Gives gives me an automatic crit. One of the dice automatically would be two successes. And you can always give me doom to get additional dice. So if I spend fortune, does that mean I only roll one die then? Correct. Well, you you roll one less die. One die is well. When you go in there, you should be able to click fortune, and it'll it'll automatically right, right. address that. But but if you're yeah, if you're rolling manually, just roll one less dice and, and add two successes. I would still need another crit and another success. <laughs> yeah. So give me. Two. So let's let's go ahead and pass on this for now. Okay. Now, if you find out. If you manage to find out the prayer or chant that opens it, then it's just difficulty one. You just have to say it, basically. But without knowing, you know, you're basically going to have to, on your first guess, guess the right prayer um, to use. Would I be able to use two fortune? Is you that allowed? Can you use two fortune on a roll? You can use two fortune on a roll, yes. Okay, never mind. Uh, I, I do want to roll then. Uh, okay. I would like to give you a doom to get a third die. Got it. And then spend two fortune points, which gives me four successes. Mm -hmm. So I'm just rolling one here, and I have to not roll a 20. Uh, That's a 15. All right. So you begin to chant, and it, like, resonates in your chest. You know somehow Set has guided you to pick the right prayer, and it's spilling out of you, almost like it's being pulled out of you by some other force. Now it's up to Roya to make her thievery check. Yeah. <laughs> um, Roya, I did the hard part. Yeah. So, okay. What's your, what's your target number for everybody at home? Six. Excellent. <laughs> With nothing in terms of expertise or focus or fortune. Uh, Do the same thing with fortune. Yeah. You could just use fortune. Yeah. We're nearing the end, and it's going to. How be many successes do I need? You need five successes. Oh. Goodness. So I'm going to end up doing the same thing, except I'm going to have to roll. And remember, you can still give me Doom to get an additional additional dice. So how many fortune? You could give have? me you could give me up to three Doom to 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 get uh, to roll five dice. Two of them would be automatic successes, and you get three dice and hope that one's less than a six. Can I give you all three of my fortune? Uh, Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, I couldn't find an answer to that. I was looking that up. I could not find an answer. Hey, I'm gonna go with uh, let's have some fun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> give me all, give me all three of your fortune, uh, and somehow you know you don't know. Maybe it's the prayer of Set. Maybe Set actually wants you guys to crack open this door because somehow your hand it's shaking like a leaf, 
But when you touch that dial, everything just kind of falls together. It's almost like you slip into a trance and your hand movements and Sobek's uh, prayer chant link up and the door pops open. And we're going to leave you there. And we're going to go back to Sir Jolden. You've got yeah. your information about the fighting pit. Was there anything else you wanted to do tonight? Probably just take a look around the pit then. Just observe the area. Okay. So you head over there. You see it's it's a fairly large pit. I mean, and there's like bleachers. I mean, this is this is an official fighting pit. This isn't like some underground fight club. This is where people come to settle duels. Um, it's well appointed. Uh, and you can see there's boards up for betting and everything. And you do see a custodian there at the pit. You know, sort of get a lay of the area, maybe come up with like strategies on how the terrain is, how oh, the like, sun comes down. Like my opponent gets like disadvantages. He's like, decisions. feel free, feel free to look around all you want, but there's somebody here 24 hours a day to make sure that nobody puts any poison caltrips down there or does anything funny with the pit or none of that hoodoo. So feel free to look around, but my eyes are on you. Of course, I wouldn't stoop that low of course you know if you wanted some advice on the better position to start from and you want to make sure that you get that position you know that corner to come out of i might be able to help you out with that and you can see his hand just kind of slide out and i'll give him a handshake with something in between he's like well sir and he points over to the the blue section he's like now you need to be it when it's when your fight's called. You need to go right to that spot. You need to get there first. If you're fighting there in the morning, the sun's gonna be to your back and in your opponent's eyes. And if you come back in the morning, check with me if it's early enough. My shift ends at the eighth morning bell. Fights start at eight o'clock. But I can tell you who to challenge. I, I know most of the normal fighters who show up here for coin. So if you come back with the same amount of coin for me tomorrow morning, I might be able to help you out a little bit. That was a good friend. I'll see you in the morning. Ah, thank you a lot, Lord. And so, with Zamir and Aurelia coming out of Grandmother Wisp's Court of Beggars, with Roya and Sobek getting ready to blindly traipse into the inner workings of the Temple of Set, and with Sir Drusus Jolden preparing to enter into a into a, a bout to win an invitation to the High Priestess Setanepre's next party, we will call it a night. I hope everybody watching enjoyed uh, session one of our Hyborian Tales. I hope all of our players enjoyed it as well. I'm going to turn it over to Jeff to talk to us about what the lollygaggers have going on this week and anything else he wants to discuss. Take yeah. it away, sir. Well, while you're there, why don't you tell us about what's going on with Garblack? How about that? Well, by God, I'll do that. So uh, on Tuesday, please come over to Garblag Games uh, Twitch TV channel. It's going to be 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, and you can find Millie uh continuing her epic coriolis campaign it's a lot of fun worth checking out if you come back on wednesday at the same time jim will be putting me and a few other people through our paces and some traveler the pirates of drenax on thursday it's my understanding that pete will be continuing the fractured empire his star wars edge of the empire campaign 
And uh, then Thursday night, of course, you can come back to see Jeff and I uh, playing some Octoon Cthulhu at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time on Garblag Games while we're uh, dealing with uh, some shenanigans in Honduras. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, okay, so then here, what do we got? Tomorrow, One Ring, second edition, hopefully. Uh, hopefully. I've been feeling a little under the weather, so I might end up having to cancel, but hopefully not. Uh, Monday, we'll be back to Holler for Savage Worlds. Steven, what's going on, on Tuesday, man? Tuesday, we're playing more Forbidden Lands. Aaron will be there. Melissa will be there. Jeff will be there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You'll be able to see my eyes. So it might not be a good show to watch, or it might be a good show to watch. You should get really blue contacts with them in there so that they can... I keep telling Long that his character's got, like, really beautiful blue eyes. You can just drown in them. <laughs> I want uh, Long to become a flirt, too. <laughs> I yeah. want to see it. I'm sorry Absolutely. my eyes aren't blue enough for you, Jeff. Jeez. <laughs> That's why you have to cover them. They're just not blue enough. Yeah, he's just shamed me They're into bloodshot. it. They're bloodshot. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh yeah. Next Friday, Friday as my voice cracks, uh, we will be doing Blade Runner. So Conan is going to be alternating with Blade Runner for the next, uh, however long we decide to play everything. Uh, so you're going to see us alternating between the two. Uh, and, uh, you should also check out the YouTube channel where we got plenty of stuff up there, including, uh, an ongoing or new, a new campaign for, for Call of Cthulhu, Horror on the Orient Express, all that kind of stuff. Uh, thanks to everyone that hung out tonight. Uh, Aaron, thank you for running this. This is great. My uh, pleasure. I know. I know that Steven and I are big Conan fans, uh, and it's fun to uh, to get into Conan. It's a totally different universe than Lord of the Rings, which we play tomorrow. It's so great. I love the contrast. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to raid our buddies over at the Defenders of Cobalt. So go ahead and click on that button when it pops up, and we will see you all later. So bye-bye. Good night. Bye. See you.